Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. We've been debating the best value when you're going out to eat a meal. And we all said hibachi is the best yeah, value. Yeah, I could eat it seven nights a week. Oh. That's how much I love that kind of food. I just love that kind of food. And it's great value, Absolutely. Right? Love it. You're it's catching shrimp. There's all that stuff. I, I, By the way, I'm, I'm about 82.7% on catching that shrimp lifetime. Legs is amazing. Tim Legler. It's going to be on the call of the Knicks and the Celtics with Chris, with, uh, Chris Carlin tomorrow night. Can I tell uh, you something? Yes. This is the very first CD I ever bought. Crisscross. Crisscross? I mean, I'm not mad at that. Number two, MC Hammer. You would think their order would be reversed. Who came out first, Crisscross or MC Hammer? Probably MC Hammer, but yeah. I bought... First three albums I ever bought are CDs from Sam Goody. Right. Crisscross, MC Hammer, Ace of Bass. I'm not mad at those three. I think I, I probably owned all of them as well, maybe in cassettes. Well, yeah. I'm older than you, so I had cassettes at oh, that nice. point. cassettes. The first CD, I, I actually think the first CD I maybe ever had may have been Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. Maybe. Nice. Which people have said is maybe the best debut album, one of the best debut albums of all time. Like, meaning that the, the first album that a band releases is, like, the best version of that band. People have said that, I believe, about Guns N' Roses. I feel the same way about the Spice Girls. Did they have a second album? Yes, they did. And Spice it, World? It was good, not great. Is that the first time Guns N' Roses has ever been compared to the Spice Girls? <laughs> no. No, I think we've probably done this before. Um, so... Chris Cross had a second song that nobody knows, and I don't remember it off the top of my head, but I remember liking it. I don't think it's clean, so I don't know that we could play that, but I do think there was a... What was the second song that Chris Cross put Stand out by. there? And I think one of them, unfortunately, passed, one of the guys. I don't know if it was Chris or Cross. Warm it up. Warm it up, Warm, Chris. I'm, I'm about, about to. to. Yeah. Warm it up, Chris. I'm but I think there may have been another yeah. one. Now, there may have been another one. I remember like listening to this on mixtapes and stuff. I, I don't. Uh, I would. The like, art of the mixtape is lost. I would. I would. Man, actually, I miss making a mixtape. I would actually put a, a, a cassette tape into a radio and hit the double play record thing, listening to Hot ninety seven in New York when like any new hip hop song would come out. Mm-hmm. You have to record it. So you always miss the beginning because you wouldn't know it was actually coming up. So you like miss the first three to ten seconds, let's say, of the song. But yeah, mixtapes, great, great. Big deal when you gave somebody a mixtape, huh? Oh, yeah. You're just going to stop there? Well, it was what songs are on it. What's the order of the song? What did they draw on the cover of the CD? What did they title it? These were all big things. So if somebody gave you a mixtape and it wasn't the right ordering of songs or it wasn't the right kinds of songs. Like if a guy back in the day was like, hey, I made you a mixtape. Right. And it opens with genuine, you know what's up. Oh, really? Wow. If Usher's on there, oh, he likes you. Interesting. Is there a specific song for Genuine that had to be there? 
Yeah. All right, so Kentucky. <laughs> what, what is? What, what are we doing? That was wrong. Wow. Well, because who's I'm, that in the studio? Yeah, I just told, get him out. I just told him I don't side with Evan very often, but like he just made me side with you. I'm just tired of Nick. Nick oh. Hardy. This guy, Nick Hardy, thinks he's like the biggest. He thinks he's bigger than Greeny. This guy. He's a producer at ESPN guy. Radio. Wow, he thinks he's producer. bigger than he thinks he's not a producer. Yeah, I mean, he's part of shows. He produces <laughs> on the weekends. He thinks he's the biggest thing he's on ESPN for Radio. Nick this Hardy, guy, Cardi. Yeah. He used to produce me on Scan. And how did he do? It was great. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know about him. Anyway, um, so, all right, Nuno wants us to move on past okay, so the genuine Kentucky, thing. Kentucky. So, so here's the thing with Kentucky. So somehow Kentucky has come up here. So my, my overall theme on this, or question I should say, is what is the job of a college head coach when they clearly are not winning titles every single year, right? Is it to produce NBA or NFL players, or is it to win as many games as possible? Because John Calipari could sit there and say, it doesn't matter that we haven't been to the Final Four, haven't been to the Elite Eight in however many years. All the players I'm bringing in here are getting an education for a year or whatever it is, two years, and I am developing them basketball-wise where they're drafted in the lottery of the NBA and they're guaranteed millions of dollars for themselves and their families and generational wealth ultimately and becoming the best possible basketball players and a lot of really good people that Kentucky produces in the NBA. Like, I understand why he would say that's his job. I do not believe, the, as you said, the fan of the program cares what they do on the next level. Couldn't they care just less. care about what they're doing at that school at that time. right? Like Russell Wilson at the University of Wisconsin was there for one year and they lost the Rose Bowl. Was, he's had a phenomenal, phenomenal NFL career. Okay, I don't know that Wisconsin fans care. They, they care more about the fact that, like, oh, we didn't win a national championship with him. And so Calipari is right in when he when he gives the look at how many millionaires I've produced. He hasn't said those way those words, but that's how I take it. And he's right. But I also understand why fans wouldn't agree with him on that. They like, wouldn't it, care about that. In a perfect world, you're accomplishing both goals, right? You are attracting the talent that you know is going to translate at the next level while also winning titles. Because other programs are doing it. Duke is, is winning national titles and being a feeder program into the NBA. Kansas, I mean, there's obviously a lot of examples of this at the collegiate level across sports. Okay, so then let me ask this question. Do you believe that John Calipari has been successful at Kentucky? Yes. Nuno? Has John Calipari been successful at Kentucky? Uh, he's been a disappointment. I think it's I think it's truly a disappointment. Bulls can exist though, right? He can have been successful while it's also a disappointment. Correct, because he technically he is doing part of his job is preparing his players for their their next for their their life, right? Yeah, their next that, career, that, and he's so, amazing at that. But at, as as Michelle's saying, it's all about the championships, right? Like it's. When UConn, who's in the middle of nowhere, is winning titles after titles with different coaches, mm-hmm. like that's three a, different coaches, exactly. The, yeah. And they're the and them and, and Purdue are head and shoulders above, so, yeah, whatever, above everyone else. <laughs> yeah, Pat's right. This service Amen. that he's a father would take a long time on this one, but it would be great. <laughs> it would be great. But, but Nuno's right about what he's saying. Like, how in the world is UConn pulling that off with three different coaches? But okay, okay but we just stumbled hold on, hold on something else, though, Smalls. Well, let me ask you a question yeah, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. If a coach wins a title during his tenure at a school, isn't that automatically a success? Yes, and even if it's no. only one. Yes, ish. So, your job is to win, and if you do it even just once, that to me is considered a okay, success. Okay, so here's what we've actually stumbled upon here. 
We've stumbled upon a category for evaluation of people and teams in sports that would be successful and disappointing simultaneously. The Green Bay Packers over the last 30 plus years have been a success have been successful and yet it's disappointing that they haven't won enough. Kentucky basketball under John Calipari has been very successful, but it's disappointing that they haven't won more. The Steelers. The Steelers that one is harder for me, but I'll lean into it. The Steelers under Mike Tomlin have been insanely successful, but it's disappointing that they've only won one. Correct. That's how it I is, think Steelers fans would It is it. one of the most unique categories. I never would have thought of this prior to this conversation. The, one of the most unique cata- categories we've ever created in sports talk, I think. The success that is actually a disappointment. I think the Dodgers are in that mix, and that's why there's so much pressure on them to win, not only because they spent the money, but they have been right there good for many years, and they've only won in the 2020 season. That is a good one. LeBron with the Lakers would fall into that for Very sure. Good. Yes, Another he good has one. been a success, but it's been disappointing that he's only won once. Adam in Tennessee listening on 95.3. What's up, Adam? Hey, guys. Love the show. Thank you. Um, I'm originally from Kentucky, so I've been a huge fan my whole life. You know, I think it's a fair comparison to the Cowboys. I think Calipari was hugely successful his first six years, but it's been a major failure the last ten. Wait, wait, wait! I got, I, I got it. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to let you finish, but yeah. now we have we have evolved this conversation in a way that I don't think the Cowboys fit under this category because I think that the business wise of the Dallas Cowboys has been a success. When you don't play in a conference championship game for 27 years straight, is that what it is, Smalls, or is it 28 now? 27, 28, something yeah, like that, you're straight. It. You can't say that they've been a success, right? They have a successful business. They're not a joke of an NFL team, obviously. But under the category of this team, this person, this franchise, this school has had a successful run, but it's also been a little bit disappointing. I would not put the Cowboys in that category. Kentucky under Calipari, I think, is more fairly compared to the Packers. Well, the way I think it's different, though, is the Packers, that you make the playoffs, the NFC Championship game, they lose. They're not as upset or disappointed as the Cowboy fans. Every year, so many years, they got you thinking, oh, we're, we got a chance to win the championship this year. And then when they let you down, it's such a disappointment, so so, so much hurt. And Cal Parry's the same way. Every year, he's like a used car salesman. He, he gets you thinking, oh, you got the perfect team this year. We got it. I love this team. Every year, you think this is the year he's going to turn it back around. And then, you know, they lose the first round. They don't make the tournament. He just, like, I think at a school like Kentucky, you have to win championships. And I don't care how many players we have in the NBA. Because, I mean, it's good to be – but most of those players that are in the NBA got better after they left Kentucky. Well, so, but that's – okay, that's – that, and thanks for the phone call. Like, look at Dean Smith with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, like, every there was a whole line forever. The only person ever holding Michael back was Dean Smith. And Dean Smith wasn't holding Michael back as much as he was developing Michael for what was going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Uh, Palo in South Carolina, listening on Sirius XM80. What's going on? Good morning, guys. How are you doing this morning? morning. I just want to preface with Smalls. Come back to Charleston, man. We, we It's warming up, and oh. uh, we play a lot of genuine music here. So. Oh, I love it. Um, I got to get back there. What a great city. <laughs> Nobody has answered what the song is from Genuine that needs to be the first one. Probably differences. Okay. Well, Pony. Oh, well, two totally different routes. Yeah. Pony. Okay. <laughs> ESPN LA anyway. used that a lot, a lot. Shout out to Chris Morales, who <laughs> always dances to that. Anyway, go ahead. But I did want to say, man, you guys hit this on the head. I've been saying this for years. Um, I think Calipari is the most overrated coach in the history of coaching, to be honest with you. Okay, but we never actually said that. That's not what we're saying. 
What yeah, we're to, saying is he's been successful point, and disappointing point, simultaneously. Think, yeah, I think it, it I and both, I believe, because to the boosters in Kentucky, they want to win, right? They it, it's all about the wins, the kids, whomever it is on the floor, whoever it is. I think it's time if Calipari wants to do that, be a scout. Be I mean not a scout, excuse me, be an agent. Mm-hmm. Do your agent thing, develop that that's not your thing. Go and be a, an agent, but coaching is not it. I don't. I think he's an overrated coach. He has won. He has not won with the most talent that he has had. Probably that has come through the NCAA in the last 25 years, and I, and I just think that he he's overrated. And um, but and like you said, other schools like UConn, um, and especially for a blue blood school, Kentucky. It's all about the wins on the court there. But for and shout out to UConn. And I went to high school with the all-time leading scorer at UConn, Chris Smith, Colby Cathedral High School, Bridgeport, Connecticut, the, Brit- the mecca of basketball in, Brit- in Connecticut. The mecca of but basketball, Bridgeport, is. Watch your mouth, Evan. Watch your mouth. <laughs> it, 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 it is. The mecca of ba- – uh, thanks for the phone call. Um, it's the mecca of basketball in Connecticut or in general? In Connecticut. He said in okay. Connecticut. Okay. He, he just, said Connecticut. I'm just making sure that – The Brit- mecca of basketball in Connecticut <laughs> is so specific. <laughs> Charles Smith – West yeah. Matthew, West Matthew oh, wow. Senior. Ooh. Yeah, Funny guys, keep going. <laughs> oh, we got to go. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. Unsportsmanlike. I'm over. It's presented by Joe Fortenball, host ah. of ESPN Bet. Catch Joe on ESPN Bet weekdays, 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2 and the ESPN app. You want lacrosse advice? Joey Laxbro's guy. You need lines for tonight's hockey game? Joey Pucks has your back. You want to make some money watching basketball? Joey Dunks is your guy. Joe Fortinball, the best sports betting analyst money can buy. You know, Smalls, we are very advertising partner friendly on this show. We love including our great advertising partners. True Green has been a part of the show today. Vivid Seats is going to be a part of the show today. And Joe Fortenbaugh, part of the show today, our great (laughs) advertising partners. So much so that for those watching on ESPNU, and of course you can hear Joe with Chris Carlin noon until 3 Eastern time here on ESPN Radio, ESPN Bet as well. The microphone has been blacked out because Joe paid for the Pat sponsorship. (laughs) and He's blocked blacked out the Carlin part of it. That's right. Hello, Joe. I got to say, and you guys have been in radio a long time, so you probably feel this way as well, but 
the dumber the bit is, the better the bit is. No doubt. And I think Costello has found the dumbest bit in the history of ESPN Radio. <laughs> this thing man. is brilliant. Like, thank you. Uh, one correction, it's not Joey Hoops or Joey Dunks, Joey Courtside when it comes to basketball. Oh. But that's okay. That's okay. You've done an excellent job so far, and we're going to continue to ramp this thing up. I have escalator clauses in Pat's contract. Ah. He's going to continue to make more and more money throughout this relationship. I love that. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> uh, Joe, we have a bunch of things for you to weigh in on before we get some gambling advice for you. So we've had this big debate today that is it the parent's job to determine the kid's fandom from a sports perspective? Ooh, ooh, I'm going through this right now. I've got two boys, seven and five. This is excellent. Excellent question. Okay, so... In my household, it's very unique. Um, I grew up a Philadelphia fan. My wife is from Western New York. She is a Buffalo fan. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bills fan base is a remarkable fan base, and I don't want to I, – I, I like the fact that my kids are exposed to that. I'm not of the belief that they should be rooting for my teams just because they're my teams. Now, compounding this issue, they were born in the Bay Area – in San Francisco, but the first game my oldest went to was a Raider game, Thursday night against the Chiefs. So it's like Raiders or Niners. Then we moved to Vegas, and the Raiders were there. They also picked up the Golden Knights, and now we're here in the Boston, New York area. So they've got everything at their disposal. My thought is this. I am going to expose you to everything. Mm-hmm. You go ahead and pick whatever you like. I'm not, I, don't, I, I don't want you to be a Philadelphia fan like me. My life has been miserable. So the free will approach. Yeah. But they've also moved around, so they do have different options. I think it's different when you you grow up in the city that your parents grew up in and they had a pre-existing fandom. Yeah. we What we've got is my, my oldest really likes Josh Allen. He's enjoyed watching the Bills. So he's kind of into that. That's great. My youngest, despite the oldest, has picked the Eagles because the oldest is apparently not siding with me. So the youngest likes to just pick fights with everybody. Everybody in the house roots for the Golden Knights because they grew up watching hockey in Vegas mm-hmm. and the Knights won a Stanley Cup, so that makes it easy. I've tried to push the Warriors on them because when I moved to the Bay Area for Sports Talk Radio, um, the the year I got there was the year the dynasty started, so that was very good to me. I mean, that, that was content for days, as you can imagine. So, yes, it's wide open. They're going to go to a Red Sox game this year. They were at a Sabres game over Christmas. They're seeing everything, Smalls. Okay, so we have to have you weigh in on the other discussion point of the day, Joe, which is appropriate nicknames for people. So Jovante, <laughs> one of our great producers, has been called Handsome and Daddy-O recently by other adults. The Daddy-O person never met him before and just and called, called him, him Daddy-O. Daddy-O. And that was popular a long time ago, wasn't it? I feel like that was something that was said in the first Back to the Future when McFly went back to the 50s. Is that, it, was that it Daddy-O thing from yeah, there? yeah. Uh, nicknames, nicknames are interesting. Again, you're talking to a unique individual. I've given myself like 15 nicknames on the TV show. There's Joey Pucks. There's Joey Cage side for UFC. Joey Ringside for for boxing. It goes on and on. So Joey Laxbro is my favorite. Joey Laxbro. Joey yeah. Laxbro started getting hot and then very quickly cooled off. Mm. Very interesting turn of events for how that sport went for me. Shocking. That I've spent so little time familiarizing myself with lacrosse that I'm not just making money hand over fist betting it, but neither here nor there at the moment. Uh, when it comes to the nicknames, the best ones normally develop from a spur of the moment situation. I think that's what a lot of people would agree with. But if you're to proclaim a nickname for yourself or something along those lines, again, who am I to get in the way of that? Right, but how are you going to respond if someone says to you, what's up, daddy-o? I, 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 a, a weary eye. <laughs> A weary eye first, because again, like that—that that feels like that's from the 
things. Right. So the idea that someone will be dropping that on me, it's not so much you're calling me that. It's what made you choose that of all your options, Yeah, right? you're like, what is it? My T-Rex shirt is presenting daddy-o yeah. today? There you go. Exactly. Wow. Good eye, Smalls. And another thing, when you look at um, the different regions across the country, like in Boston, you refer to each other as kid. What's it, How's it oh, going, yeah. kid? Yeah, you've kid. got son. You've got bro. You've got guy. New like York a, is boss-heavy. What's up, boss? Boss-heavy. Yeah, there you go. So, like, where does daddy-o fit in? That doesn't fit in anywhere. Is that like a Portland sort of thing? We don't know. We're still trying to figure Portland. that out. Daddy-O is big in Portland. All right, All right Huge Joey. Portland. Joey Laxbro joining us. The handsome Daddy-O that he is. Noon until 3 Eastern time with Chris Carlin, who's playing golf with people shooting out fireballs on a golf course. Um, the other big one, we got to have you weigh in on this. There's been a brawl all week long on our show. If you were to say one theme on our show this week, what is it? It's hibachi. It is hibachi. In or out on hibachi? Oh, just like going and sitting and yeah. like, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, just I can going do it. And yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm like the, indifferent. I'm very indifferent on something indifferent. like that. I would do it. I'm not like I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh my god, hibachi is life changing. But I'm also not going to sit here and crap on it. I'm like the worst. I'm probably the worst person to ask any of the three questions that you've pre- Great. presented. Great. I'm me glad with so we far. asked you them. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So I feel like that was a win for us back here. No, I don't think why, so. What's the win. What's the debate? Who's anti hibachi? You're the entire uh, crew that you're looking at in Bristol. Why, why are you guys against it? Overrated. It's just an overrated, but it's not like yeah. it's, is it that expensive? Yeah, it's more expensive than you realize for what you're getting. And how many times do you need to see someone light onions on fire before you get the point? You get so much value. I mean, Evan, this don't. is a great opportunity for you to buy a hibachi sponsorship on Costello right now. But oh. not today. Today's all you, Joe. Oh, good one, Joey. Yeah, see, I, I was going to bring something. Joey Dollars. Wow. Yeah. Joey Sponsors. Joey Mad Men. <laughs> Joey <laughs> Marketing Bros. So let's talk about this from a gambling perspective right now. You're, you're half joking with some of the lax and the hockey stuff, obviously. I mean, hockey you're not, but the lax maybe you're saying you don't know as much about. Where are you Where are you guiding people to gamble right now? Where are good plays in sports right now with no football? The lacrosse has been tips. Like, I, I'm, I'm one of these guys, I consider myself, this is going to sound awful, but I consider myself more of a, like a purveyor of information. I've built a network over the years that I've been betting, the years that I've been in Vegas, the bookmakers, the, the sports bettors. So a lot of the stuff that all present on TV is stuff that I might be getting from this network of individuals. It is impossible. If anyone's out there trying to tell you that they're handicapping baseball, basketball, hockey, pro football, college football, college hoops, like it's impossible. No one's actually doing that. Guys might be betting all of that, but they might specialize in one or two sports throughout the course of the year, and then they might have a network of people they can lean on for other sports to get down. Like, that's how this works. It's so much work with the handicapping. So the lacrosse stuff, jokes aside, I've got someone who knows it pretty well. I've been playing it. It has been half decent, right? The hockey stuff... That, unfortunately, has mostly been me. And that has been a complete disaster. A complete disaster. (laughs) This week, I got to tell you, this week has been ridiculous. So I've got a future on the LA Kings that I played in December. I got them around 14 to 1. Right after I played it, they went absolutely into the tank in the month of January. Fired their coach. It was so bad. They fired Todd McClellan. They come off the All-Star break, and they are red hot. They are 5 and 2 off the All-Star break. They're smoking people. I have bet... Two of those seven games. Which two games do you think they are? We know now. Yeah, you know now. Uh, in the five games that the Kings have won, they're five and zero with a plus ten goal differential. I bet none of those. Oh, I no. bet on them in the two losses. They're zero and two with a minus ten goal differential. I had them when they lost seven nothing to Buffalo, and I had them last night when they got blown out. 
by uh, Nashville. So Joey Puck's not the guy you want to lean on right now. <laughs> oh, no. I thought I've had some edges, but I have just gotten worked. I was going to ask Joey Pucks for a hockey play over the weekend, but now I don't know. Maybe play the over tonight, Edmonton, Minnesota. (laughs) Just throwing that one out there. It's six and a half, Edmonton, Minnesota. Maybe we play the over. Or maybe you hear me say that and you very quietly bet the other way, Smalls. Take the under. Can I just tell you, I know nothing like Joe does, right, in terms of all of this stuff. He's on ESPN Bet. He knows all this inside and out. But I will tell you, the number one thing from a gambling perspective right now that I am fascinated by is the NBA MVP. Okay. Because of the games played, the Kawhi factor in it, the Jokic voter fatigue factor, the could there be a surprise based on games played. That's the one, Joe, that I'm actually really interested in right now. That's a really good way that you're looking at it, too, because this year for all the awards, the 65-game rule has thrown a wrench into everybody's plans. Like, when you're modeling this, this is a new factor that it's never happened before. So it's a completely different different way of looking at this, which creates some more volatility. What you want is volatility in the market. That's how you're going to beat the bookmakers. If everything is status quo and everything is obvious, the bookmakers will have their power ratings. They will have their numbers. They will have their edges. And you have to try to figure out where they make mistakes. And they don't make a ton of mistakes. You got to do a lot of work to beat them. But when you throw something, some wrench into the mix, like an injury at the last second, a player sitting at the last second, coaching being fired, Things where you upset the status quo, that's where you have an opportunity to find an edge. Starting players out, who's going to be stepping in? You might be able to take advantage of the prop market. In this market, you're looking at MVP. Jokic is a huge favorite. Obviously, Embiid, for the longest time, I was anti-Embiid. People thought, oh, self-loathing Sixers fan. Not really. He wasn't going to play 65 games. He had missed too many early in the season. He has a history with injury. The fascinating one is Jason Tatum. He was as high as 100-1, to and then with no games being played, Stephen a. Smith has been yelling about it from last Thursday all the way until this week, and I think he single-handedly has moved the market because Tatum hasn't played at all. And in that time, he went from 100 to one to about 40 to one. He's as low as 25 to one at some shops. Wow. Best player on the best team. I think he's going to continue to build a campaign as we get closer to the end of the season. Don't sleep on Shea Gilgis Alexander and OKC. That team has been phenomenal this year. Joe, quickly, do we have a wink, wink play? For the weekend before we let you go? Oh, I got you, Smalls. I got you, Smalls. Uh, UFC Mexico City tomorrow. It's on ESPN. You can get it on the app, all that stuff. Uh, Co-main event, Brian Ortega, Yair Rodriguez. I would play Ortega at plus 125. These two fought in July of 2022. Ortega was minus 190. He lost that fight because he separated his shoulder. He got hurt. We haven't seen him since. He goes from a minus 190 favorite, and the next time he's, he's facing Rodriguez, it's plus 125. Too much of an uh, adjustment there, in my opinion. Value on Ortega, plus 125 in the co-main event, UFC Mexico City. Thank you, Joe. We appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Pat Costello. Joe Fordby. <laughs> You'll hear him, Carlin versus Joe, noon until 3 Eastern time here on ESPN Radio. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. So much conversation around Bears quarterback for now. Justin Fields, what does he do next? Is he going to get traded? When is he going to get traded? Who is he going to get traded to? Is Caleb Williams going to want to be a part of the Bears? Is he going to ask to be a part of his hometown, Washington Commanders? What happens? We hear from Justin Fields on the St. Brown Brothers podcast by way of the 33rd team that when he spoke to the Lions and Bears receivers, Amon Ra and EQ, respectively, they asked him a ton about, obviously, unfollowing the Bears on social media, which became a whole big thing. But Justin Fields also had a little slip-in about the fact that he would take LeBron James over Michael Jordan. He's the Bears quarterback in (laughs) Chicago, which led us yesterday to have a conversation about that, and I happened to say this. He said he likes LeBron more than Michael. That's it. That is that is demanding a trade. That's blasphemy in Chicago. You cannot be the Chicago Bears no. quarterback no. and say that you are going to take LeBron over Michael. You could say, I'm a huge LeBron fan. I, I played at Ohio State. I've appreciated him. I love him. He's I look up to him. Nothing wrong with that. You can't be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears and say, yeah, give me LeBron over Michael. He just asked out. So that conversation happens. You hear Smalls saying it's blasphemy. You hear Canty back with us on Monday agreeing, saying, no, 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 you cannot do that if you're the Bears quarterback. And a reminder, CeCe's wife from Chicago tied into that market and yeah. that feelings around that market. Well, um, needless to say, that got back to ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Mark Silverman, Peggy Kaczynski, in for Tom Waddle and Waddle and Sylvie yesterday. And uh, Sylvie and Peggy had a back and forth about our discussion around Justin Fields claiming LeBron over Michael. This has officially now jumped the shark if we're now basing whether or not Justin Fields is demanding a trade based on whether he's picking LeBron or Michael. This is insane. These kids today, because it's so available, like uh, my kid wanted a a Justin Jefferson jersey. Right. Uh, That I agree with you. Because everything, they can watch anything now yeah, on their they, devices. And, and he's watching. They don't have on, to be in that city anymore. On YouTube, Justin Jefferson make the one-handed catch against the Bills. Yeah. And he's like, Justin Jefferson is awesome. I want a Justin Jefferson jersey. And I'm like, look, as long as it's not a Packer jersey, I'll I'll relent to that. It sucks, but we also have a Justin Fields jersey. I, I really don't care if Justin Fields thinks that LeBron's better. I don't if he's the Bears quarterback and he's slinging it. I don't. Listen, I don't, our when kids, I don't think he's making a statement on whether he wants in or out based on. No, uh, that uh, I agree uh, with you. Like, I, I don't know it, if he's saying that tongue in cheek either. A little veiled, you know, I'm out. Yeah, I, I agree. It's not a veiled comment. But it's a stupid comment to make if you think you're coming back to Chicago. It is because our kids can get a Justin Jefferson jersey and uh, who would name, name it, um, Otani jersey, yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right? right? Okay, our kids can. But when you're collecting a paycheck in Chicago playing for uh, one of Chicago's teams, I don't think you see that that often. 
So, I mean, I obviously agree with what Peggy was saying and love Sylvie, but like, I just think it's the, it's, he's not actually asking out. I wasn't saying that in a serious way. I'm just saying there's some times where you go to a city, where you're new to a city, especially if you're an athlete, where it almost feels like Smalls part of the job description is, oh, I'm from St. Louis and now I'm in Los Angeles. I have to kind of remove, maybe too close, you want me to use different examples? Yeah, how about New York? Okay, so you're from St. Louis and you go to New York <laughs> and you're, you're a player, right? Um, you now have to remove your previous fandom and you have to embrace the city you're in. It's part of the job. That's how I look at it. Absolutely, because I am the face of an organization that represents a community and the people in it. So I need to ingratiate myself into said community and give them something to be proud of, not only in what I do on the field or on the court, but in how I represent them. And part of that is taking on their thought process, things that they like, I like. I'm going to be talking about the food. If I come from St. Louis to New York and I'm the you know QB one of the Jets, I'm going to, of course, say, you know, the bagel is amazing. There's not a better slice of You just of hit pizza. on something. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I ju- it just triggered a memory. Wasn't there a time within the last year where Sauce Gardner of the Jets, one year into his Jets career, said he had never had a slice of pizza in New yes, York? Yes, yes. And that became a whole thing of it like, did. how in the world can you be a Jet living in the New York area and never having New York-style pizza? Sorry, I just, uh, it, what you're saying is so dead on. Yeah, that's one of the first things I'm going to do. I'm going to be getting pizza and talking about it on social media. I'm going to be hopefully courtside at a Knicks game. I'm going to be adopting the other teams in the city that I'm at. I'm not going to come in and say, oh, I grew up a Red Sox fan. Aren't they great? <laughs> You know who actually did it really well? I can't believe I'm saying this. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. He crushed it. Aaron Rodgers last summer was unbelievable. Went to Knicks and Rangers and Broadway shows and was eating the food and experiencing the life and the culture. And that's what you want from an athlete when she or he joins your town. Caitlin Clark is going to be the number one pick in the draft in the WNBA draft. I assume if she's coming out. Right, I think she has one more year of eligibility that she theoretically could have. If she goes to, I think, the Indiana Fever, I think, have the number one pick. Like... She needs to start learning about Larry Bird immediately. We're going to St. Elmo's. We're having the yeah. cocktail sauce, the shrimp. We're, yeah, we're talking part, about it. It's part of the gig, and you have to understand the culture and the, and the way in which the town works. Why not try to embrace that? And so all I was saying about Justin Fields was I can't believe the guy who's in Chicago is sitting there saying – LeBron over Michael, when you know that's a sensitive topic there. But if you know you're on your way out, why do you care? Well, if that's, that, that's, if that's what you really think, if you're a LeBron over Michael guy, and that's something that you d- would not have dared to say publicly prior, I've unfollowed the NFL. I've unfollowed the Bears. I see the writing on the wall. I know that this organization, even though I would like to stay here, I'm talking as if I'm Justin Fields, is not going to stay loyal to me and that I'm likely headed to another destination. So why am I going to keep up the guise of being this perfect citizen of Chicago when I know that I'm probably going to have a different zip code in a couple weeks? And that's... And that's why I really like what Peggy Kaczynski said at the end there when Peggy said on ESPN 1000 yesterday that there's a guy who knows he's not going to be in Chicago anymore because of what you just said. Because if he's a Chicago guy and you're making this claim, yeah, New York pizza over Chicago pizza or too cold around here or LeBron oh. over Michael. You know, I always thought Barry Sanders was better than Walter Payton. Ooh, I mean, that one hurts. What? You can't do that. You can't do that kind you of stuff. You can't do that. That's the point. That I th- I think we're in agreement that if you're in, if you're going to live and work in a new city, you got to embrace that city. Every fan base and every city has the you can't touch this line. Whatever that is about their city, you can't say it out loud. You and ha- he did. And he did. 
With Chicago, I would say Michael Jordan is as pretty close to the top <laughs> of that list so. as you could get. I would say so. The other part of this conversation involved the jerseys that, that Sylvie brought up. The idea of a parent determining a son or daughter's fandom, which we are going to get to because our very own Nuno went after Sylvie. And there is a response from the Sylvie family, which we will oh. get to. But first... Smalls has this from Vivid Seats. Ah, yes, Vivid Seats. Secure the seats and the memories this year from Vivid Seats, your home for every slam dunk, slap shot, and stolen base. Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbeatable rewards like free tickets to pride seat upgrades and annual birthday deals. With Vivid Seats rewards, you earn with every purchase. From buzzer beaters to walk-off home runs, Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on all the games that matter to you. Just visit visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. All right, time to win some money. Canty's best bet. Walking down the field, y'all. We're chasing that bag, y'all. Of the night. <laughs> so, wait a minute. Michelle's here. Yes. Me, Evan, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Cece's back Monday. Right. But we have Canty's best bet. But we now know, we have talked about on our show, that that Canty has a uh, helper with this. Yes. Has a tag team partner with his best bet. Javante O. Lawrence uh, <laughs> is now in the mix with him. So, Javante, best bet. Yeah, we gotta uh, try to uh, turn around from what uh, Canty's been doing and actually win uh, the people out here some money. Uh, we, we did pretty good with our hockey one. Well, Pat did. He did. Uh, what did you do, Pat? <laughs> it was Rangers uh, Devils under six and a half, and it hit. So nice. well oiled machine around here. It's a Love big it. hockey show over here. You know? Love hockey. Yeah, so you know we're gonna keep it rolling with the hockey here. And tonight we have the Sabers and the Blue Jackets who play at seven o'clock today and the over under six and a half which is minus 125 and i'm going to take the over over six and a half so you know you get, get you some money bet, bet your rent on it you do pretty good bet your rent, <laughs> bet your on, your rent. rent on it javante's yeah, thoughts you know, are feel, not feel pretty confident in it. you're gonna have a so might be my last time doing it but you know nick cardi gotta, gotta get ESPN producer bet your rent on it and i hope it's wrong evan 
survived a terrible, terrible moment in our history. The most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. That was terrible. Was not a great look. All right, time now for the unsportsmanlike moments of the day, where we point out things that are a little different, a little weird, a little quirky. Um, Nuno, would you like to explain what you said on this show about the parents, like Mark Silverman, ESPN 1000, Silby, who don't determine their kids' fandom? Yeah, I just feel like it should be a hard and fast rule that you root for who you know we root for in the house, um, and none of this whole, if you want a jersey from a player that happens to play in the same division that, like, the team that we root for, like, that shouldn't fly. It's nothing against the, the children. It's all about the parents. Nothing against uh, Nuno, the Nuno, just remind us, uh, you and your dad root for the same team? Uh, yeah, so, uh, no, I don't make the same, you know, but I'm happy with my decision. That's the other thing. Hold well, on. No, like, he's I putting just, that on his dad. Yeah. yeah, that's what he's saying. It's his dad's fault, not his fault. No, but, th- but that's also the thing of, like, you know, if you're going to do it, pick a team that's actually really good, right? Like, the Vikings, what are they going to win if you're all of a sudden, like, you're rocking, you know, you're rocking a Justin Jefferson jersey? So, Nuno went after, uh, wow. I believe, Mason Silverman, okay? That's Sylvie's son. Mason. Mason. Okay, shout out to Mason. Mason responded. Oh, he did. Nuno, you're a man shadow. Leave me alone. <laughs> Nuno, you're a man shadow. Leave me alone. Did Nuno's a man child. Leave him alone. Checks out. What Mason, nothing against you. Your father, on the other hand. Wow. Jeez. Uh, and I love Sylvie. Oh, here Sounds he goes like again. It. I love Mason coming at Nuno wearing the jersey, the Justin Jefferson jersey in question. He's standing on business. I love that. The obvious beef that is now developed on this show. Nuno against the Silverman children. Of course. Now, the most unsportsmanlike moment of the day, and I am going to do this carefully, as carefully as I can here. Please do. Major League Baseball has such an issue with these uniforms oh. that, um, well, they're see-through. And they're see-through by way of the internet in areas that um, we're not going to talk about. So I'm going to leave it at that. So you can figure that out yourself. But um, they're see-through all over the place. You can literally see through the Major League Baseball new uniforms that they have created here, Smalls. (laughs) You can see through the pants, specifically. The pants are, are basically saran wrap. You can see right through it. You can see the shirts... The top of the jerseys tucked into the pants. You can see the bottom of the shirt through the pants. How does this happen? It's bad. It's bad. Or is it great for baseball? Because uh, I, I know they like- want to bring more eyeballs to the game, but I don't think they wanted to do it this way. <laughs> well, like I feel like more inclined to watch spring training than ever before to see if I could to see, see through, through the jersey. Pants? It's funny. You don't find it funny? You're going to watch spring training so you could try to look through guys' pants? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not looking for – I don't care. Like, did, did I misinterpret that? No, I'm just saying in general, you don't find it at all comical that people are wearing see-through uniforms? I think it's, it's bad for baseball. They need to fix this. The names on the back of the jerseys, the see-through pants. Nobody else finds this funny. I find it actually more We're gonna enjoyable. We're going to have to have a, a, an N17 rating or something for these games. Well, I'm surprised that the, the, the picture we even showed on television just now on ESPNU, but that is tame 
compared to some of the ones that have been going around the internet. You've seen some of these that have gone on around the yeah, internet. Yeah, you showed me this morning. And your reaction was, that can't be real. I thought <laughs> and, it was fake. And I said, no, this is what's happening to Major League Baseball right now. Your sport that you love is most known right now for oh, having look at this. see-through uniforms. Look at how little the name is on well, the Well, explain back. it for the radio audience here. So the... You know how the back of a baseball jersey, you would have the player's name above the number. It was proportional. You would see the stitching. Now, it is the name is so much smaller than the numbers. It looks comical. It looks like a joke. It looks like it was homemade, that you were going to a game and you said, let's go to the craft store and figure out something here. I got to take Cohen off the back of this jersey and put something else. Really puts Smallman in a whole new perspective with these jerseys, huh? Right? Oh, my God. Jeez. Pat. Oh, it's Michelle's name. It is. Obviously. You guys don't find it more interesting that you could see through Major League Baseball jerseys? I don't mean it in a gross way or in a in an inappropriate way. I mean it just comically. Like, wait, I see the T-shirt the guy's wearing underneath. Like, I had a specific T-shirt I wear underneath my football jersey every single – like, yeah. every single time I play football, I wear the same T-shirt underneath. It was for me. Like, it meant something for me. Now, I'm sure pl- actual real players have that as well. That's not more interesting. Like, Pat, Javante, Nuno, you're not more interested in baseball because of these see-through jerseys? No. No? <laughs> what, I'm just all. alone on this? <laughs> yes, you, you are. Yep, Thank it's you just you. And the players, by the way, are pretty universal in this. The, the see-through pants are a big concern. They have a major problem with this. Uh, well, yeah, I understand that part of it, obviously. All right, there we go. Unsportsmanlike moments of the day. Oh wait! Oh, how this many? So how bad. many pictures do we have? Wait a second. For those of you on the radio, training is underway. Shout so out we, to Andre Nadia in Cleveland. There are seeing all of these photos of players being interviewed at the park and/or around the facilities in their uniforms because spring training has started, and you can see right through the pants. You can see players, like I mentioned, the bottom of the jersey tucked in. Tucked in. You can see their compression shorts. It's a bad look. There are. I'm sure this has happened to everybody. You buy a shirt. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, you could see right through this shirt. Like, I have to wear a T-shirt underneath or whatever it is. And you're like, I, I can't wear this. These guys have – they don't have a choice. They can't go in their closet. I can't put on my typical hoodie and, and jacket combo and it's somehow see-through. And I just go in and use another hoodie. They have no choice. They can't just wear, like, an, another hoodie. They have to wear this uniform. Also, is there concern about what happens when they're sweating? Uh, yes. Or if it rains. Or if it rains. Thank you, Pat. That should be a big concern. You're saying, you don't think there'll be more see-through? Uh, uh, yes. I'm saying you're, you're suggesting that Major League Baseball is basically running a wet t-shirt contest? Yeah. <laughs> if I can see through the pants already, what is going to happen when moisture is added to the equation? Yes. And most athletes, when they're running in hot weather, sweat. These guys are sweating. <laughs> Okay, yeah, you added another layer to it. I don't feel as badly about what Pat said because Smalls just added a completely different layer. Yeah, this is a nightmare. But I'm saying it's a nightmare now, and it's about to get worse. And an MLB spokesman has said that the adjustments are being made to the jersey side, waist, inseam, thigh fit, in the bottom of the pants. What do they do until then, though, Nuno? I mean... Hope it doesn't rain. Check the precipitation every day. Single (laughs) drop of rain, every game will now get canceled. Like, what do you mean? It's like only a little bit raining. Yeah, but we have the wet T-shirt scenario with baseball now. Edict across every team: no Gatorade baths. Do not dump any water, jugs, or anything on anybody. Oh, now everybody's going to. You just gave everybody a brilliant idea. Now 
that you're going to win a spring training game and then have a Gator- Parcells-like Gatorade bath for a manager after a spring training game. What the heck's going on? Like, see what's going on over there. Oh, boy. That's an interesting way to finish out our show today. That's for sure. Oh, boy. Greeny is coming up next. CC back with us on Monday. We are on to Monday. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.